0: Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 97, where in a moment, we're gonna get a mortgage market update because in a world where the only constant is change, what does that mean for your mortgage ability? We thought it was about time we checked. So that's today's show topic, and it's on the way, like I say, in just a moment. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff. Pensions, investing, wills, and power of attorney – and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we looked at how much life insurance you might need. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis with me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. You know, any kind of mortgage show that we do is always a big one for us, Phil. And I think given the way the world's changed financially over the last short while, it probably makes sense to see how all of that's impacted the mortgage market. So how is the mortgage market at the minute?
1: Yeah, things have changed quite a bit since the start of the year when it comes to the mortgage market. Demand for property still remains pretty high, but things like the cost of living crisis, inflation is a lot higher than than the target. That's had a big impact on things. And higher interest rates as well. So there's been a lot of changes to the the mortgage market this year, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I know this
0: uh, has affected me. We get a letter every month pretty much from our mortgage provider because we're on a a tracker mortgage. But have lenders across the board increased interest rates now the Bank of England base rate's gone up?
1: Yeah, that's it. The the Bank of England, they meet every month to set what's known as the, the Bank of England base rate. Now, that's probably the single most important interest rate In the UK, if the bank base rate changes, then the rates at which you can borrow money will usually change as well, unless you're, of course, on a a fixed rate mortgage deal. But in June of this year, the base rate went up to 1.25%. At the end of last year, the base rate was just 0.1%. So we've seen things go up a fair bit over the, the last wee while. So since the start of the year, interest rates have fairly been going up. And I imagine that they're probably only going to go one way from here as well. How do you see interest rates going the next way, well? Yeah, I mean, many experts are predicting that the base rate will continue to rise. Um, the, the reason for that is that they want to try and keep on top of inflation, which at the minute, they, their inflation targets 2%, and inflation is running at about 9 or 10%. So to try and curb inflation, what they tend to do is put interest rates up. Now, you, you get a lot of experts that will try to second guess what's going to happen, and Sometimes you've got a good idea. I mean, at the minute, they do think interest rates will rise further. Probably the best thing to do is to, to try and get it from the horse's mouth. One of the members of the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee, that's who sits and decides what the, the base rate is going to be. I mean, one, one of the members of that committee said recently that the bank base rate could top 2% in the next year. So probably a few more rises to, to come this year. Some people are saying that they think in the next year it could continue to to go up. In in reality, nobody really knows exactly what's around the corner. But certainly in the shorter term, it does look like interest rates will be going up. And one one interesting thing just now as well is that many of the banks are actually hiking their interest rates up by more than what the Bank of England base rate has been going up. So the, the base rate since the start of the year has gone up by about 1%. But what you're tending to find is a lot of the banks and building societies, their rates have gone up by more than that on the mortgage side. So the average standard variable rates, that's the rate that you would usually divert onto at the end of, say, a fixed rate deal. At the moment, that's the highest it's been in 13 years, the the average standard variable rate. So Mm. we are seeing folk, maybe at the start of the year, they might have been able to get a deal at 1.29%. They're maybe now... 3% 3% or 3.29 so interest rates have been been creeping up and you tend to find lenders often use that as a bit of an excuse to think right we'll make a little bit more margin out of this as well
0: i i think that's the the, the case across the board though don't you feel i mean i mean when i say across the board what i mean is so your mortgage lenders are saying right okay We'll, do, we'll just knock on a little bit, and and nobody will nobody will complain because in the in the broad spectrum of things, everything's going up, and they just accept that that's the case. But you, you get you know your, your your telephone bill will suddenly go up, and your electricity we know is going up, and your your you know gas is going up, but everything else is going up incrementally as well. And I know the rate of inflation is impacting things, but the providers I think are just having a little bit of a laugh, aren't they?
1: Just now, I mean, there's a lot of companies. They'll be profiting out of things just now. I mean, mm. we've seen the cost of living go up for, for so many things petrol prices going up a, a lot, gas, electricity at your house going up. And it is, it's just, it's just nuts the way the prices have been going on stuff lately. Is that how the, I mean, when we're talking about a mortgage
0: specifically, coming back to that, is a cost of living crisis impacting it in so much as, you know, if, if you apply for a mortgage, what they do is they, they look at your income and expenditure. And when they're doing that, obviously, if everything's going up, <laughs> but your your wages aren't,
1: it means it's going to be more difficult for you to get a mortgage, Definitely, isn't it? I mean, it, it's certainly the cost of living crisis is definitely impacting the, the mortgage market at the moment. And what we're finding is that banks aren't lending people as much just now as what they were previously. Because what, what they do is they look at your ability, someone's ability to kind of, pay the mortgage back and they look at your outgoing so that's a big part of it and with interest rates going up it means that people have got to pay more to service any debts that they have so if you've got credit cards or if you're taking out a loan it's likely to be at a, a higher rate but like you say I mean just now people's bills are going up a, a heck of a lot gas and electricity bills have, have gone up a lot the cost of running a, a motor vehicle is, has risen a lot due to kind of petrol and diesel prices being so high and we're definitely seeing that impact on how much people can borrow. There was one just recently that Neil, who's the main mortgage advisor in our office, I was speaking to him. He had one couple who'd been agreed initially for a mortgage. I think it was about 160 odd thousand. And when they came back a few months later, they, they were looking at properties, had never been able to find one. Now they can only borrow about 145,000. So it dropped a, a fair bit because their outgoings had been higher, mainly Like fuel prices is is having a big, big impact on that. And the Bank of England, they've got something called a a sort of stress test. And one of the things that may help borrowers slightly is that the Bank of England, from the end, I think it's from the first of August, banks and building societies no longer need to work to this kind of stress test. For borrowers. So that that might help the affordability bit a wee bit. But the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, that's a financial regulator. They've also got kind of like rules that they want lenders to to kind of adhere to. So I don't think it'll affect things anytime soon, being able to borrow more. But certainly at the moment we're finding lenders are being a lot tighter with our criteria. Going back to, just
0: to put this into sort of understandable terms for me, Phil, normally, when I say normally, whenever I've gone to buy a house, the market the market has been quite good. And that's purely through chance as much as, you know, me, me trying to organize it that way. But if, say, for instance, you used to be able to get a 95% mortgage, you had to put down 5 where are we now? Where are we sitting now? Is there is yeah, there that's still
1: still the same there? 95% for purchases is the, the most you can get. If if someone can put down a 10% deposit, it will get them better interest rates. And again, if you can come away with 20 or 25% deposit, it'll help even further. So definitely the, the more deposit you've got, the the better. But the days I've been able to borrow hundred percent or more for the time being are, are certainly not there at the moment. And how's the property market in the UK right now, Phil? Demand for homes still remains really high. I mean, you would think with inflation and the cost of living crisis that that would have had a bit of a knock on it. But so far, it hasn't really. And I think people have got a desire to move. I don't know, people always want to to be looking at moving home. And also, there's a low amount of homes coming up for sale on the market. So that's kind of driving prices up even more. So even in a time where people's finances are becoming increasingly stretched, we're still seeing house prices rising. I was reading the other day the annual house price growth in Scotland is up 8.4%, according to the latest Walker Steel House Price Index. And that index also states that the average house price in Scotland now stands at 220 1,870. But even though across the UK as a whole, house prices are continuing to rise. There seems to be a lot of demand. The average UK house price is currently £281,161, which over the last year, that's had a rise of 12.4%. So property has certainly been continuing to go up in value, mainly because demand is, is outstripping supply.
0: Is that a slightly false picture? I, I'm, I'm trying to think there, right, in, in a time of crisis where someone might be, perhaps let's say we want to sell our house so that we can realize some of the equity that we've got in our property and downscale. So you, you are looking for something. But, you know, how many people are looking to, to upscale at the minute? Is it, you know, is it is a market influenced by people who are trying to, to be sensible and sort of cut things back and go for a smaller house?
1: I think COVID had a big big impact on the property market. I mean, things for a while really ground to a halt because people couldn't put their homes on the market, couldn't move all the the restrictions for, for going out and about. But what we tended to find was that there was then a big wave probably about a year ago. Once things started to open up slightly, a lot of people thought, right, I want to put my property on the market. I want to move. So you had a real rush of things kind of happening at that point in time. Also... I think because of the pandemic, a lot of folk are thinking, right, I don't want to stay in a a smaller flat. I want to try and get a house with a garden, have more outside space. A lot more people are still working for home as well. So they think, right, I'd rather have a bit more space for maybe a home office or for being there more. So I I don't know, the dynamics of what people are looking for has changed. I know locally in Aberdeen, the flat market took a a fair hit. and the, The prices of flats in Aberdeen went down an awful lot. The the market in Aberdeen as well is often driven by oil and and how the oil industry is going, but things are starting to settle a bit kind of there on a local kind of basis. But it is that there seems to be right demand for houses. People seem to want to try and go for, it's almost as big a house or bigger property as they they can get rather than maybe working their way up the, the ladder and starting off in a smaller, like one bedroom flat. They're often saying, right, I'd rather try and get two bedrooms or Straight into a house, so we're we're seeing that more and more at the moment as well.
0: So it's still influenced, you're thinking, by uh, sort of post COVID rather than you know the impending doom of what might be coming. People are are, are sort of throwing their anchor for trying to get something bigger rather than downscale to play it safe.
1: Yeah, people as well often see property as a a sound kind of almost investment because over the long term, I mean, you've got a physical asset there, so people like the idea of having that. Um rents, I mean, across the UK, people, you've got some areas where, where demand for, I mean, I, I think in England and Wales, the average cost of renting has gone down. But I know, again, locally in Aberdeen, the rents have actually been rising the, the last few while. So you get different areas of the UK where different things kind of happen. But on the whole, the, the demand for people buying property is, is still really high for, for the time being.
0: So it's what you would call a seller's market then. If you if you've got a property to sell, now's the time to cash in.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, you'll get sort of some places that defy the, the kind of logic, but a lot of the times it's probably a better time to be selling just now than, than actually buying. Mm.
0: Okay, uh, we already talked about the possibility of sort of having to work until we drop, but this could really see that one becoming a reality. Boris Johnson mentioned fifty year. Mortgages recently, which is sort of double the, the the current term for for
1: most people. Do you see that being an option in the future? I I could see why that would kind of come in. You you get in some some foreign countries already. They they've got that sort of thing. There's one country where what they do is folk take out an interest only mortgage, so they never actually physically pay the debt back. The balance always stays the same. And what happens is when they die, that mortgage passes on to the kids along with the the property. So I I have heard of that sort of thing before. One thing I would say is that you'll get, someone maybe takes out their first mortgage and it's maybe taken out over 25 years and then maybe five years in they, they move and then they maybe take out another 25 years mortgage. So quite often someone will set out with a term, a certain amount. But by the time they move two or three times, they've often extended the, the mortgage term anyway. So mm. it, it would actually be interesting to see, on average, how long people had a mortgage for, because I do think, I, I see it, we, we are seeing more people going for maybe 30 years, or some lenders will allow you to do 35 or even 40-year mortgages. And you will find that the longer you take a mortgage out over, the cheaper the mortgage payment's going to be on a a repayment mortgage. But the downside is that the longer you take any debt over, the more interest you're going to end up paying Mm. back. So there's pros and cons to that, I guess. Uh,
0: And obviously, you know, if you're talking, let's just say, a 50-year mortgage, if if you're talking that, then you're looking at a young person's mortgage because you're not going to get a 50-year mortgage when you're 50, are you?
1: That's it. I mean, you, you could take out... One thing we're doing more of as well is, is what's called lifetime mortgages. So that's mortgages really designed for people over the age of 60 plus. And usually by that time, most people would want to have had their mortgage repaid. But we do find some folk will have a mortgage still in place and they can take out this lifetime mortgage to, to either pay off their current mortgage or they could use the money for enhancing their lifestyle at that point. And what happens there is that you don't physically pay a monthly payment. It rolls up against the value of the house. So at some point when the property is sold, that debt gets repaid and whatever's left goes to, to your estate, usually when someone dies or, or goes into care. So there's many different mortgages. The mortgage market's evolving all the time. That's, that's one thing that I would say. Mm. Anything else that we should be aware of when taking out mortgages now, Phil? Probably a couple of things. I mean, lenders' service levels on the whole are really poor just now. Some have still got staff working for home, but... I think companies really just aren't coping very well at all. The other thing I would say is interest rates are are changing really quickly. So if you are looking for a mortgage, whether that's to buy a home or want to review an existing mortgage, you want to really move fast because mortgage deals are coming and going at the drop of a hat just now. I know the mortgage advisors that, that I know, I see it on LinkedIn, I see it with the, the guys in the office where they'll be kind of bemoaning the fact that they'll have, giving somebody a quote in the morning for a, a mortgage and by the afternoon that product's gone. So it really is like oh, things are really changing quickly just now.
0: From memory, when you apply for a mortgage, quite often you'll get something called an agreement and principle.
1: Yeah. And the agreement and principle, that just really, that that doesn't secure the actual rate. That just is an agreement. The lender will usually carry out their credit checks and say, yeah, based okay. on your circumstances, we'll lend you X amount. But the actual interest rate, you don't get that secure until you've actually applied for the mortgage. So once the mortgage application goes in, that's usually when the rate will be secured at that point. Okay, and then that's valid
0: for a certain period of time, though, isn't it? It's usually something like three months?
1: Yeah, depending on the lender, it might be valid three months, six months. Once you get the actual mortgage offer, again, that states all the, the kind of terms and conditions mm. that they'll lend you the, the money at at that point and some lenders it'll be valid three months some will be six so that is it's good one thing that i always say it's worth looking at all the different options and and always recommend speaking to a whole of market mortgage broker because they can do all the hard work for you and like i say deals are changing so quickly at the moment it's hard for them to keep on top of things but that's their job to try and get the rates all secure for you
0: Okay, let me just play the stupid card just one more time, though, and try and tie this one down. So let's just say, Phil, I get approved for a mortgage today at a rate which is subsequently removed from the market. I've still got six months or three months to act on that rate because the it's the offer has been made, yeah?
1: The, the interest rates are only really secured once you've actually got a property and you put in a full mortgage application. So if you get a decision in principle, the rate with that lender might be say 3% now, but if you then go and look at a property, by the time you find one, if their rate's gone up to 3.25, you can only secure that rate at the time that you actually apply for the mortgage, doing the full mortgage application. So that's something to, to bear in mind as well. Okay. What about if you're looking to remortgage in the current
0: climate? So maybe you want to build an extension or improve your home somehow, and remortgaging seems to be the way to go for you. How is the remortgage market right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, remortgages, at at the moment, I mean, if you're approaching the end of your current deal with your lender, again, you want to act fast in that situation. Typically, if you're within six months of the end of your deal, a mortgage broker can have a look at the options. One, either get a better rate from your existing lender, but they can also look at the options with other lenders and see, is it worth remortgaging where you move your mortgage from one company To another. So, that again, that's a good reason to speak to a a mortgage broker. I'm finding just now a lot of people are are really keen to go on to fixed rates at present. They think, right, we want to. I mean, fixed rates are always popular because folk like to know exactly what they're going to pay for a given period of time. And for a spell, I mean, a, a year ago, the two year fixed rates and the five year fixed rates were a similar. Kind of rate at that point. But you're tending to find the longer that you fix your interest rate for at the moment, the higher the rate will tend to be. So if you wanted a five-year fixed rate, it's likely you'll pay a fair bit more than if you were just doing a, a two-year fixed rate. So we are finding that the costs have gone up a, a fair bit the last wee while. But if, if someone's looking to borrow extra money, there, there's a number of different options that can be looked at there. Your mortgage broker can look at like a, maybe a further advance or or some sort of additional loan through your, your current company. They can look at remortgaging and move the whole mortgage elsewhere and borrow more. And another option is you, you can take out what's called a secured loan where you can take out a loan and secure it against your property. So hmm. we're finding a lot more people doing like further advances, trying to get secured loans. That that sort of thing is, is definitely going up in popularity
0: at the moment. And we'll come back on to secured loans in just a moment as well. If we're talking investment property, have buy-to-let mortgages been impacted much lately?
1: Yeah, I mean, over the last couple of years, we've seen quite a lot of different tax charge changes on the the buy-to-let market. So that's had an impact on things. A lot of investors now are looking to do buy-to-lets via a limited company for for kind of tax purposes there. But again, like your standard residential mortgages, it's the same. We've seen interest rates kind of go up on, on them as well. They're not so bad. They've not been as affected as much as residential mortgages in terms of affordability. I mean, the the lenders will tend to look and say, right, what's the rental income going to be? So in some areas, if the rents have been going up, you're fine. Like I mentioned earlier, I think on average in England and Wales, rents have actually fallen slightly there. So that would have an impact on how much people can borrow on, on certain properties as well.
0: Now, you mentioned secured loans moment or two ago. We've discussed these before, Phil. From memory, ideally, there's something that you'd be better not getting into because a lot of the time what you're effectively doing there is taking unsecured debt in the form of things like credit cards and consolidating it into a manageable payment. But as you're doing that, you are securing it against your home. It's a second mortgage. It certainly wouldn't surprise me, given the cost of living crisis, if you're seeing more applications for those right now. And you you said Uh, that that's the case.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we are. We're seeing a lot more people thinking, right, how can I borrow money to pay off debts? And quite often, secured loan lenders, they've got different affordability criteria from your mainstream lenders. And a really good example, I, I went to see a chap I know, I was actually seeing him about something else, and and he brought up his his mortgage and situation. And you know, secured loans can be a, a bit of a lifesaver for for some people, though. And, and that chap he had his own business; it had been massively impacted by COVID. He had no options to remortgage. He could get an exist like save a little bit by doing a product transfer with his existing lender, but wouldn't it? save him just all that much, but he had a lot of loans, credit cards, got into a lot of debt over the, the last sort of couple of years. And one good thing, he was able to get a secured loan, consolidate the debts, and make it a much more affordable monthly payment. And if he hadn't done that, he the likelihood is he would have had to have sold his house. So mm. although for him, the fees taken out that secured loan were quite high, and, and ultimately, if you're paying back Think something over a longer period, as I say, you'll pay more interest in the long run. But for a lot of people, it's all about the, the here and now and, and how they can get by. I mean, if he'd started defaulting on payments on things, it would have made his ability to get credit difficult in the future, might not have been able to buy a, a property again, might have been forced into to rent and at some point as well. So for, for that person, the secured loan was was a, a godsend really. It was something that that's really helped them them out. And I wouldn't really say it's always a, a last resort, but it is. It's, it's sitting down with your broker and, and kind of looking at all the different options for your personal circumstances.
0: Well, I don't want to do it a service by calling it a last resort, but it's you know it's the sort of thing that you might arrive at having. Say say you've had debt and you've remortgaged a couple of times to consolidate debt, and it's it's kind of not the last chance saloon, but it's it's more a further step along that road.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, years ago. People were lucky. House prices went up a lot in value, so they would remortgage, consolidate their debts, and then that happened sort of numerous times. And I, I used to always say to clients, "It's like, look, you can only do this so mm-hmm. often." Um, and then property values start to level out. There may be wages couldn't cover what they were looking to, to borrow. But it is it's the same with like secured loans. There's only so many times someone can can do it. You can't have more than one secured loan if you've got the the equity in your property. It is, like I say, it's good to sit down with your broker and just look at everything for your individual circumstances.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing I was thinking of here, Phil, we did a show not that long ago on green mortgages. Maybe just give us a reminder of what those are exactly and a word on how they're going right now.
1: Yeah, I I thought there would have been more of an uptake on, on green mortgages. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world about places being sort of carbon neutral or, or and things lately. But basically, a green mortgage is one that rewards someone if they've got an energy-efficient property. One of the things that will drive this as well, again, with the, the buy-to-let market, there's rules coming in by 2025, each home must have that's rented out, it's got to have an energy performance certificate rating of C or above. So what a lot of lenders are doing is if you've got a property in that, can kind I of bracket already? They'll give you a slightly better interest rate, or they'll maybe charge you less fees on the mortgage. So they're often referred to as green mortgages. But I, I do still think there'll be more of that coming out over the the next wee while. But there's definitely not been as big an uptake, and that is what I personally thought there would be.
0: Mm. Is it maybe a case of you know we're we're talking about the cost of living crisis and things being sort of thrown into your your on you know your your docket where you you have to deal with them now rather than this nice to have that you'd, you'd like to approach in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's like like that landlord changes. A lot of landlords aren't even aware that that's yeah. coming in. There was a study by, I think it was Shawbrook Bank, and they were saying as many as 15% of landlords didn't know that they would have to achieve this EPC rating. So, it, 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 again, I suppose it's up to mortgage brokers to, to kind of educate their clients and let them know that that's coming in and also probably leasing agents as well up to them to kind of keep folk abreast all the the changes but I suppose that's one thing I mean going through this show today the the mortgage market's changed a heck of a lot (laughs) just in the the first half of this year Yeah, there's been a fair fair amount of change There
0: are probably people thinking because you were mentioning the member from the Bank of England committee that that sits down and and looks at the interest rates and they'd said it might go as high as ten percent, and the no, prob- uh,
1: Sorry, uh, inflation's at ten percent. Inflation might go to ten percent. Interest 10%. rates, may, they, they were saying interest rates might go up to by the end of the year, maybe about two percent, or oh, even okay. up to three. Sort of because I think I almost made a slip of the tongue, saying ten percent. That's probably what <laughs> that I was, was. I
0: was, was going to come back to that because the the thing with that is, you know, the, there are people even at three percent that you know, if if you're buying your first home, you've grown up. Entirely in an environment where it's almost always been zero, but I mean, you and I can think back to times when it's been up at what I don't know seven and a half, eight percent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I remember when I entered financial services back in nineteen ninety nine. I think the base rate was about six point seven five yeah. or something like that. And keepers, that's that's a fair difference. I mean, if you've got let's say a hundred thousand pounds mortgage and your interest rate was up by two percent, that's going to add, that's going to put about hundred. Seventy pound a month on your payments. Yeah. So if you have a big mortgage, I say two hundred fifty. I'm saying a big mortgage. I mean two hundred fifty thousand. If you're buying a property in, say the the south of England, two hundred fifty thousands near a big mortgage down there. But I know up in the northeast of Scotland, two hundred fifty thousand would be kind of more a higher type of mortgage. But again, if you've got that, it um, let's say a two percent increase in that over a year, that's working out four hundred sixteen pound a month. More, which over a year that's like an extra five grand you've got to find in a mm-hmm. year. So makes makes a big difference on those sort of figures. It is something to consider,
0: isn't it? And and like I say that there there are kids now buying their first houses, and uh, you've actually you you born in the blip. This is us coming back towards normality. Really, is a, a general sort of takeaway from this, Phil. If you're sitting there and you're maybe you've got a property and you're wondering whether now is the time to sell. Possibly, yes, but now is not the time to buy. G- give us the, the the sort of general takeaway from, from the mortgage market update
1: today. Yeah, people will want to, to move house for, for a number of different reasons, might want to look at upsizing, downsizing. So there'll always be people looking to buy and sell. And I think what's important is for people to know, certainly the impact that rising interest rates will have on them. So if you've already got a mortgage, you want to know, right, how what's my payments going to be when I come to the end of, say, my fixed rate deal or the, the current deal that I'm on? Because a lot of folk are going to see their, their payments rise. And I mean, we'll will start to see that more as as time goes on, but certainly over the next six months to a year, there's gonna be a lot of folk coming to the end of their deals. I mean, I I moved house in, in August last year. I went on a two-year fixed rate. So at the moment, I'm okay, but I know that in another six months' time, I need to be looking at it and think I I I already know. Yeah, my payments are likely to be going up a fair bit come a year's time. So people have got to be aware of that. I mean, already folk are having to pay out a lot more money on things like their bills, their shopping, gas, electricity, filling up their car with fuel. So the the mortgage payments going up is just going to be another thing that's going to add to that. So it's going to be interesting times over the the next six months or so to see how things go.
0: Mm. and guess what i got through the post the other day a letter from my uh my lender saying your current (laughs) deal is coming towards an end (laughs) Uh so i'll I'll be in touch soon for you know that i know here we go as we enter into the part of the show where you share a little bit of your own life story what have you got regarding this one or not so much mortgage market as as mortgages themselves say
1: yeah like like i said there i mean my my fixed rate deal finishes probably about august next year again i'll need to find out the exact date. You, you find sometimes it might be when you fix your rate, although it's a two-year fixed, it can sometimes be a set date. So I'll need to double check on, on exactly what that date is. But I know that in around about a year's time, my payments could go up to £300 a month at, at that point in time. I mean, it all depends how interest rates go over the, the next week. while. But when, when my mortgage deal is up, the first thing I'll do is go back to my existing lender and say, right, what can you offer? And then compare it against what other lenders can offer, but Neil in the office here did my mortgage. He's excellent. I I was hoping to try and get him onto the show today, really, because he would have been a good one to speak to us about the mortgage market but yep. he's just so busy at the moment it's just nuts <laughs> and he had his first two week holiday not that long ago he's worked for us for for coming up for 10 years i think on the first of september and that was the first time he'd taken two weeks off and i row i was delighted for neil oh, doing please. that but he's brilliant i just leave it to him i mean i can go and have a look and get a good idea myself but i thought right he's there that's his job is to make life easy for us for for clients
0: Yeah, absolutely. I hope he's going to make it easier for me when he gets back (laughs) on that two-week holiday. Phil, we we always do this as well. I mean, you find inspiration through various people that you admire and you love a quote. What have you got on the subject of today's show on mortgages?
1: Probably an unusual source for today's quote. It's from Billy Connolly. (laughs) Home is where the mortgage is.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, Phil is uh, really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Let's get on to this week's contact details in a second. I'll give it to you after this. Here's the first one. Hi, Phil. How come with everything going up, like the interest rates and mortgages and everything else, my savings aren't going up too with a better rate?
1: That's it. When the Bank of England base rate goes up, you often find that mortgage rates will, will go up by more than that. But conversely, you tend to find that interest rates for savers, the banks often don't pass on the whole of that rate rises. So I'm seeing that quite a bit just now as well. But in interest rates just now for savers are still really quite poor at the moment, especially when you take into account the fact inflation is running oh, so high. So, I mean, exactly. if you've got money in the bank and it's getting say two percent. With inflation being maybe 9 or 10%, you're losing money in yeah, real exactly. terms. So that's that's an important thing for, for savers at the moment. Exactly. Next up,
0: uh, here's one from Erin in Port Sauk. She says, hi, Phil. I've listened to the show before and know you're a fan of diversifying. I've just come into a sum of money. I'd like to invest some of it to try and grow the amount, but I don't have the first idea of where to begin. I heard you say recently, when it comes to stocks and shares, you can get someone to do all of it for you and you have very little involvement yourself. That sounds ideal for me. How do I go about finding someone who's reputable? Is there an industry-approved directory?
1: Yeah, well, ne- next week's podcast actually got beyond diversifying, so that's probably going to be one that will be of interest to Aaron. I, I would often say as well, if you speak to an independent financial advisor, they'll be able to advise you because they can look at all the different things that that's out there and find what's kind of, again, most suitable for, for your needs. What, one website, I mean, the, the, the Financial Conduct Authority have got what's called the FCA Register. So that'll list all the firms that are actually authorized and regulated by them. But you find that a lot of financial advisor firms don't really want to take on new clients. A lot of them are happy just servicing the, the clients that they've got. And I, I often, or I know a, a lot of the providers signpost people at a website called unbiased.co.uk and on there one thing that they've got is they, they call it response ratings so you can see how responsive a firm is to, to dealing with inquiries but I always think it's a good idea to go into things like Google and, and just see what reviews are for, for businesses online and that'll give you a good idea who's maybe a reputable firm to deal with but so between the FCA register, unbiased, and, and Google reviews, that's probably what I would say to, to people looking for an advisor.
0: We did do a show recently about the stock market, though, didn't we? And and I seem to remember from that, you said there are varying degrees of people who will invest for you. There, you, you know, If you wanted to go in and do it yourself, then you could, but probably not advisable. Then there are people who are more hands-off and people who are more hands-on. They'll basically yeah. take the whole lot and they'll, they'll, they'll do it for you. That's the sort of person that it sounds like Erin's trying to find.
1: Yeah. That's it. I think one one good thing with speaking to a financial advisor or financial planner is like you say, they they can do all of it for you. They they would sit down with you, look, assess your kind of goals and aspirations, look at what you've got, looking at what you maybe need in the future. They can keep you right with with all of that. And I I would say most financial advisors are gonna heavily recommend diversifying. In the different areas as as well, and on next week's show, we, I'm I'm away on holiday. I'm with Blackpool next week, so I've got yeah. Andrew Schooler filling in for me next week. But um, he'll be able to cover all of that on on next week's podcast.
0: Brilliant. Okay, I would just say as well, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far, and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Mellis. Thank you for joining us for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show? His address is Phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk Send me a question, like I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast and please be assured, we will not use your real name if that's how you prefer it. Remember, if you find this useful, please rate and recommend us and please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. Get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time and thanks for listening.
1: Thanks John